This podcast is a part of the Signals Media All-Star Network. For more information on this and other fine shows, go to SignalsMedia.com. It's okay to stick our stuff in your ears. Really? Coming up for episode 126, One Cupful Portion. 30 years of the beasties and a wild and crazy surprise. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. This is I Remembered It Better, a podcast experiment in geek nostalgia. Come on, bark like a dog for me. Ooh, I done a bad thing. We're on a mission from God. This is my boomstick. Kiss my converse. This was extraordinarily bad. I got a bad feeling about this. Now, here are your hosts. Oh, no. Not again. Welcome to I Remembered It Better, the show that takes a look back and asks, was it as good as we thought it was? Coming to you from Dayton, Ohio, we're at Shorts today and shoveling tomorrow. I'm Cliff Addicts, always known as Rabbit Geek, and I'm joined in tonight's Analytical Look Back by Atlanta, Georgia, where his opponent has a high armor rating, has a higher armor rating than him, Ryan Allgood. Yes. Yeah, and that's a fight you know to back down. When you uh-huh. know what you have to roll to hit, um, and you know you're not going to make it. <laughs> well, she brought Thacko out. <laughs> Go, man, we'll, we'll identify that voice in just a minute, but you get cred for bringing up Thacko right there. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I've, we, we have a, a I guess an armadillo uh, or an armored possum, essentially, mm. that's taken up residence under our our uh, pool shed so um i was uh we found it well, a couple days ago he was just like milling around the driveway just hanging out being armadillo guy in the driveway so we faced off like me with my shovel and in my dress clothes for work and kids get in the car get in the car like, uh, <laughs> fending him off and did you hear the theme from The Walking Dead in your ears, like as you were doing this? No, I heard blood pounding because okay. I'm not a fan of critters, uh, uh-huh. especially when they they come better armored to the fight than me. Um, I mean, I've read stories about 22s not penetrating those things. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I basically took a defensive stance and stance and then a tactical retreat, and uh, you know, that's it. Um, and I just get home so late, it's already dark. Like, I'm not going to go trying to hunt down an armadillo in the dark. That's, you know, <laughs> that's not great. So he's, he's, we're pretty much live and let live until we get to the weekend. And then okay, I know how he's getting in and out. There's one, only one way in and out from under the shed. So I'm put my small animal trap there and, um, I'll relocate him. Okay. To another mortal coil. <laughs> Because uh, this ain't PETA, folks. Like, I will kill an armadillo, just provided he's trapped and can't fight back. <laughs> top of the food chain. Top of the food chain. Top of the food, top food chain the food. for a reason. Understood. We Understood. make weapons. Um, but, uh, yeah, so um, what exactly are you shoveling tomorrow? Well, no, it's just that I am tired of winter and spring not being able to make up the damn mind. Last week, yeah, this is that kind of dodgy time of year, isn't it? Last weekend, we uh, we on Saturday, we went to the park that will be the park that we go to when we move to our new house. It's not the one I busted ass at, is it? No, 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 no. no, no. This is a different park, different park. 
um, in the new neighborhood we'll be moving to. And we went out there. We had short sleeve shirts on. We had shorts on. It was a perfectly comfortable. Today, it's like it's 20 again. And there's <laughs> snow falling. And it's just like, you know, my sinuses couldn't be happier. You know, it's just like. <laughs> It's cold, it's warm, it's cold, it's warm, it's cold, it's warm. It's going to be cold for a little while longer, just in time for us to start the big move. Mm. So, yeah, great. That'll teach you. <laughs> That'll teach us to move in more. Ohio. Yes. Cloudy, smart <laughs> right. weather. Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, well, let's. if we're going to discuss weather, joining us tonight <laughs> in the third chair from, of all places, Phoenix, Arizona, which where March don't mean crap, I'm supposing, <laughs> I'm guessing, uh, from the AIE and the Danes Who Dine podcast, two different shows, folks, a woman whose lo- love for red lipstick, geek tattoos, steampunk jewelry, Star Wars, and Vertigo comics knows no bounds, Heather Reese Haas, a.k.a. Cyberwaif. Hello, thanks for having me. And oh, we are thrilled yeah. to have you, thrilled to have you. It was like 80 today. I <laughs> had to make sure that I was sunblocked. On any part of my skin that was showing, especially, you know, with any tattoos, make sure they're protected. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> for the off chance that I actually left the office. Oh, my goodness. I, I can't I can't fathom that. I mean, yeah, Atlanta, it was still, it, it was warm-ish, but it, it's not like, nah, we're, not like what Arizona nah, does. No, we're, we're hanging out like, no, nah, we're not in Arizona. We're, we're in like 50s, maybe See, low 60s. That's the winter to me. Like when Cliff is talking about twenty degrees, I'm like, "How do you function? How 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 was that even a temperature? You you adapt. I mean, you notice what I'm wearing to podcast in. I'm wearing yeah. a heavy leather coat with a nice, you know, you no know, fur, not well, not real fur faux fur lining, just to try to keep warm. And you func- you wear gloves and you wear a big hat and you function as best you can. And you do look uh, like I you're coming to us Dr. live Bruce. from the hobo village, though. Right. I do, yes, <laughs> or yeah. North, North Pole, or I often wear my Doctor Who scarf. You know, I do what I have to do to keep warm. Um, but yeah, it, it is. There's times that I do miss Atlanta winters. There's and, but I. Do you ever get tired of it being hot? There's the other side of it. Do you ever just like... Mm. So, my hot isn't until it's over 100 degrees, so now. You are a mutant. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am. You're a mutant with some kind of superpower. Well, no, I mean, because, like, I'm so used to it, and anything under 70 is cold. I'm a petite girl. I have no body heat. Or <laughs> circulation. Or circulation. Or blood pressure. Or any of that. Or I'm assuming heavy winter coat. I act, no, I have two wool coats that I wear often. Okay. When it's 50. <laughs> when it's 50, we're playing golf. <laughs> That's how it works around here. Ah, well, Heather is joining us tonight. Jules could not be here. She had another commitment, and uh, we were looking for someone fun to come along, and we figured that Heather would fit the bill beautifully. She has gathered here, my geeks, my fanboys and fangirls, because you can call us whatever you want. We all have the things we love and obsess over. We often hold a special place for the things of our childhood. Webster's Dictionary defines nostalgia. As a wistful or excessively sentimental yearning for a return to or of some past period or irrecoverable condition. So how many of the things that we have geeked out in the past and may still to this day are really as awesome as we remember? And how many of them have we overhyped in our memory to the point that a second look will have us saying, why did we like this? So what geek goodness have been into this week, Ryan? Uh, not tons, but um, I, I 
did finally get caught up on at least through season five of The Walking Dead. So, okay. um, so that that's a thing. I've also been, you know, I'm I'm reading the third compendium, which I mean, as best as you can line it up, I guess, with the TV show is maybe. Uh, uh, depending on how fast they move through six, uh, a season or two ahead of ahead of the um, of the show, so that's uh, that that's been good stuff, and it's and it's only just stoking my Fallout Four fire. Um, it just it makes me I, you know and like I'm I'm feeding it like just pittance by playing Fallout Three, which is a very cool game, but it's it's not Fallout Four. Which is what I want to be playing. It's not the new, new hotness. Hot, new hotness. So, um, so uh, yeah, mostly that, and uh, pretty much only that. Not a lot of geeky goodness for me this week. Um, still, still riding high on, off off a of Deadpool, which was a fantastic oh movie. My God. <laughs> yeah, right. And um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I desperately want to go back and see that again. Um, that's this day and age. There's not a lot of movies I buy when they come out because internet. But um, that that's going to be one that I probably want to have handy. Um, that and Guardians of the Galaxy is probably the only two movies I, I will have bought recently once that comes out. Um, Oddly enough, both funny and comic book movies. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and leading men that I often get mistaken for. Uh, nice. <laughs> I can see that. It's the damnedest thing, right? Yeah. Right. Um, uh, more so, Ryan Reynolds after the terrible. Mutation accident, <laughs> yeah. um, but still, you know, first names, you know, that goes a long way. But uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much it for me. I can't really nothing's nothing's come to my, um. Oh, and that's not true. Well, um, I had oh, that's right. I had a I went to a a, a one year old birthday party. Um, and to be clear, it's a birthday party for a one year old. Okay. Uh, it wasn't a very long birthday party. It wasn't, you know, <laughs> a, a year long party, <laughs> which actually sounds amazing. Um, but no, is is uh, one of the guys that works for me. His his daughter was turning one. Uh, he invited me out. He doesn't live far, and uh, he's a cool guy. I like hanging out with him. So went down there, uh, partied like I was one. Wore the Minnie Mouse ears. Um, this to become. It, yeah, yeah. Um, it was uh, <laughs> what was in the sippy cup, different than everyone else's. So. Um I had the apple juice, but um, uh, no. What's funny is like, you know, I got there and I walked in. They're like, "Oh, hey, everybody, this is Ryan." I was like, "Hey," and everyone's like, "Yeah, hey, whatever." Like, yeah, it's this is Evan's boss, and it's it's just weird how a room's like, "Oh, Evan's boss." I'm like, "Not that kind of boss." Like, just. Let's go back to when it was just Ryan, because that was more comfortable or whatever. But hung out, had a good time, ate like some amazing. Someone brought some amazing sandwiches to that party, and I overdid it. But afterwards, uh, or during that, I got a text from my boss. Hey, call me when you get a chance. And so I was like, oh crap, that's not good. Because uh, it's Saturday. Called him, had a discussion that wasn't great, and I felt like I needed some sort of soothing moment or whatever so i went to the comic book store for a little retail therapy and uh picked up uh picked up a couple of uh deadpool comics because i'm feeling that right now and the uh first part of um batman court of owls uh it's part of the new 52 that's the reaction everyone's given me so far when i tell them that i picked that up like at the counter the guy's like oh this is a good one and i couldn't help but wonder does anyone ever come to the counter he's like ah that don't buy that you know, but uh, I've heard eh. 
comic book pushers actually say, you know, this is okay, but here's something that's new that's just as new coming out, you know, a new title that's going to be a little better or is better acclaimed. Which I think is is a good idea if they know you and they know your yeah. taste. Yeah. This store has been open for a couple of months. They need people just to buy whatever they're willing to buy at this point. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no. So, I mean, I I generally don't buy comics from a co- the comic book store. Um, often they don't have what I want. And I'll ask for something like, no, we can order it for you. I'm like, I have Amazon Prime. I can order that for me too. You know, they're like, we can have it here by Friday. I'm like, I can have it here by Wednesday, man. You want me to order it for you? <laughs> um, so, I, you know, usually I just go in there if I'm not looking for anything particular. And I'm just, what do you have right here that I can just pick up and go home and Expose me to something new. Right. That I was careful where you where you say that. Cliff. <laughs> where you, where you yes, in, that. in general, like. Uh, um, uh... <laughs> hey. So uh, so yeah so I picked that up. Uh, I read the Deadpool stuff. Very cool. Very very funny. Um, uh, I haven't read the Batman yet. I'm kind of saving that for the weekend. So uh, when I tend to take my longer poops. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> That's right. Just because there's a girl here doesn't mean we're classing things up, guys. I, no, 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 no. I can cuss and make poop jokes as well as most men, if not better. So. The coolest okay. chicks always can. So, yes. <laughs> but that—that's it for me. So you know, uh, to recap, um, comic books, Walking Dead, poop. Yes. Still want walking. St- still that waiting way. for Fallout mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I have Fallout Four. I just don't have it. That's true. You don't have the game system to yeah. play at all. Oh, so. yes, oh yeah, I remember hearing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're still running the clock out on that. But um... just look longingly until you win it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's a timeline. Once it gets to a point, I'm just gonna buy it. But in the meantime, uh, I've got stuff I want to finish up before I start other things. So. I'm just picturing you outside of like a game store, and the <laughs> rain is falling, and it's running down the window and across to you, yes. and you're just looking longingly into it. All right, what's the song that's playing? All by myself. All by myself. Yes. I can't live. I don't know. I feel like one is the loneliest number. We tie it in with Xbox One. Oh, there you go. That would work. With or without you. With or without. God, this all sound like Cliff's breakup mix now. I think I need. I think I need the CD. Or tape, or mixtape. I'm sure, I don't know if I still have copies of that disc around it's here somewhere. It's on 8-track. <laughs> oh, oh, Taking it back to the old I did school. have some 8-tracks as a kid. I did. I'll own that. I'll own that. What about you, Heather? What have you been to this week? Uh, well, as I pulled up Thacko lately, uh, gaming? <laughs> We started a Deadlands campaign, or restarted a Deadlands cam- campaign, which is right up my alley because it's steampunk, arcane, Western, and I play a character that plays with perhaps spirits she shouldn't play with while playing poker. <laughs> the spell casting is done by trying to make a poker hand. That's, oh, it's okay. amazing. That's cool. Absolutely That's cool. amazing. So we start up that campaign again. One of my dearest friends in real life is actually working for basically the witch hunters. So that was a fun little plot point that we dealt with. I'm like, really? Great. Good idea. Work for the people that are tracking me down. <laughs> okay. Very cool. Uh, D&D world building. I'm actually helping a friend of mine long distance run his game, coming up with some concepts, working on characters. This week I got to make 10 female anti of Cyric. 
all with different personalities. So that was a good time trying to figure out, like, all right, let me pull out my Jungian archetypes and figure out how I can come up with these personalities. And, oh, yeah, they all have different abilities and they're different subclasses. And so that was a good time. Each of them uh, on a different character from just the 10 of us. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, yeah. Like a bad, a bad 80s sitcom. Just assign one personality of the cast to each member. Done. That would have been, that would have made it easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would have made it easier. And the bad yeah. thing is they have to all pretend that they're nice and good people. Because, you know, there's a lot of lying going on in it with this religion. So I had to make, like, alternate personalities for half of them. That was a good so, time. So a lot of world building time. there. Working, I think we're going to work on half-orc mythology next. Okay. Kind of cool. deal with that little itch. Uh Started playing Sotor again, Star Wars The Old Republic, last night because, like, Cliff and I were kind of talking pre-show before we got started. I love, wow, but there's not much to do right now. And in our, my house, everything is Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, let's, let's give it a try. We can support that. Exactly. We can support exactly. It's like, so let's go ahead and you pull that up again. Let me actually play Republic this side and be good because I'm dealing with anti-platins in my alternate universe or my, you know, my other life. So let me actually be good. So you started by Jedi Knight, having a good time there. And then... Uh, are you doing just the free-to-play? Yes. Or are you... Okay, okay. And honestly, I mean, so far, there's a lot of things that are blacked out, but I'm not seeing a huge difference. Maybe as I go further on, I'll see something. But the good thing about having a geek household and being the female in the geek household is it's not hard to say... Hey, honey, I thought I actually want to play the full game now. Do you mind signing me up for the subscription? And Mm -hmm. by the time I actually get the sentence done, it's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. (laughs) You know. Just a little bat of the eyelash and it all works out. Yeah. Yes. It's all done. Again, that's creepy when I do it, though. (laughs) Right? Right? (laughs) So that's a good thing about being the girl geek in the house. Get what you want. I will not argue. Exactly. This. I exactly. Not argue this. I class up the joint right. a little more, but you know, we want to keep a good rating. <laughs> there you go. And the other big thing that's going on, speaking of the geek household, and actually all of my girlfriends, is Marvel's Civil War is alive and well, and we're okay. picking sides, and there is smack talk. Oh, all right. All right. Well, first of all, make your case for the side that you are on. Iron Man, because okay. science and smart and sexy. Hello. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. In general, I'm against the whole registration thing, because I like to say I lived through um, the mutant registration. Okay. But I just can't get past Tony Stark. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love the guy. Uh... And our kid just loves Iron Man. And my husband is friggin' Captain America. That's going to draw some lines. There's, there, there are some lines. It's a, it's a it's, house divided there. It yeah. is. And we're the same way with Star Wars, generally. He's always been Imperial. I've always been Rebel. Our daughter is pretty much bounty hunter. She won't choose. <laughs> she goes where the money is. It's smart. Exactly. The scum exactly. and villainy. Smart. Exactly. Who can I get the most out of for this? Mm. Mom, can I borrow your Rebel jacket? Sure. Dad, can I borrow your Imperial hat? Yeah. And it's... Also, amongst my friends, we were actually not unlike the one-year-old's birthday party. We were at a baby shower. It was a geeky baby shower because said child is going to be named Oliver. And his sister is named Harley. 
we're having a geeky baby nice. shower, and there were all these great drinks. There were you know, layered kitty drinks that were named after superheroes. And my friend and I may have gone for the red wine and just said, well, it's the Iron Man. So. But, uh, there you go. There you go. I-, I can support this. I can support all of this. Yeah, there, there's some smack talk. Smack talk actually happened after the second viewing of Deadpool really hardcore. Because we had a girls' geek night out and saw Deadpool again. So <laughs> it was that good. It is. It I, really I, is that good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really am curious to see how moving forward, because obviously Deadpool is going to show up more. Yeah. Because, you know, 20th Century Fox, they're no dummies. They're not Fox is no dummies. You know, we'll of course see a Deadpool too. Right. But is Deadpool going to show up in their X Men universe? They're you know, adjoined characters, and <laughs> you'll, you'll see when you see it how likely there's going to be some crossover. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I'm I'm excited to see what they what they so, do with it. I, yeah. I I'd like I, to I see just, Fox have as much foresight and intelligence as Sony and and loan them out to uh, to Marvel Studios. Yes. You know, mm. put put into you know uh, a Civil War movie or something. That would be amazing. And. Mm-hmm. Granted, it would be kind of funny that character in a PG thirteen movie where he's allowed one F word, right? And I would like I, I someone s- else. I would like Captain America to accidentally take it from him. Yeah, I, I've seen some, a number of people say that that would be awesome to have him in a PG thirteen movie and someone else steals it and he throws a fit because he didn't get to say yeah. it. That would be that would be tremendous. Now, Captain America, that would that yeah. would be shocking. That I would just, be shocking. Language. language. <laughs> Can we not? Are we going to just glance over the fact that Cap just said? Can we language? address the fact that Cap's just said language? <laughs> oh well, for our household, um, not a lot of time for too much geek stuff. Uh, here's the storm, still playing a lot of all my various mobile games. But we brought, uh, and I want to call this geeky. Um, we do our family movie night, and our daughter picked for this week, Hook. <gasps> oh. Okay. So okay. she saw Hook for the first time, and we weren't, you know, we weren't one hundred percent sure at first. Like, okay, kind of going through your head, what all happens in? Is there anything over the top? Yes, Rufio dies. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> oh, and, Cliff! Sorry, sorry. Every week, sorry. breaking my sorry. heart. Uh, but um, uh, but yeah, she she loved it. She actually loved it. Yeah. Uh, the thing that smacked me right in the face though was. The first time that Maggie Smith appears as Grandma Wendy, you're, uh, you know, and we're people who watch Downton Abbey every week. We're oh, like, God. she hasn't aged. No. She got old and then she stayed she that old. age. They actually used uh, makeup to, to make her look much oh, older yeah. for I know, but man, she looks so alike. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they, they called that really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, when, when aging somebody, there's, there's, a, there's a technique to it and, and they nailed it for her. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, my wife uh, heard an interview with her on NPR where they were talking to her, and she talked about how she knew that she didn't have the face for the leading lady, which in early in her acting career. It was like, no, no, you're beautiful. And she said, hush here, hush dear, hush dear. <laughs> you don't need, you don't need to say that. She's like, this this face has made me a lot of money as a character yeah. actress, and she knew, she knew how she would that that was the route that she needed to take. That she should just be a character actress. And she's made a killing at it. But uh, she says she's kind of, you know, it was kind of surprised how her anonymity went away 
in, you know, in the third act of her life. Right. You know, she went through two thirds of her acting career with, you know, you might recognize her. Then she did Harry Potter. And then now she's done Downton Abbey. Yeah. And like, you know, she can't go anywhere. No. now. Everybody. But, you know, that, that's the price you pay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's the, that's the fun. Oh, no, th- there is, there is one other thing. I, um, I am I am spreading the good board game goodness Ooh. wherever I go. I uh, I was at a planning conference, a planning meeting for the arts, uh, for the annual recreation workshop, which is a uh, arts and uh, and recreation and worship conference that I am a part of every year. Uh, I'm on the planning team for 2017, and um, I took uh, Pandemic with me. Oh, good. And uh, there were a bunch of people who had never played it. But I got it out and said, and when I, as soon as I laid out that this is a game where we're all trying to win together or we'll all lose together. Right. I'm like, what? We're, no one sits out? Like, no, no one sits out. No one goes bankrupt. We either win or we die. And they're like, okay. And we died. Okay. And we died. <laughs> right. And died. Uh, and um, finally, though, they were like, can you take out one of the epidemic cards? Because the epidemic cards, if you ever played it, is what speeds up the uh, infection process. And I was, I had it at the lowest setting. I only had four of the cards in. So finally I said, okay, I'll, I'll take one out. And I don't know if I did this subconsciously or if, or if I just really did forget. I forgot to take it out. Oh, no. And we were kicking butt and doing great. And then this fourth epidemic, they're like, we thought you took it out. And I'm like, and they were playing with such confidence until it showed up. I said, hey, we've been playing great. Just be calm. Let's fight the infection. And we did end up winning that game. Oh, the baseball was never magical. It was you the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't the feather, Dumbo. It was all a gag. You really can't fly. Um, Too well. And after we beat it, I said, I said, don't you feel better knowing that you actually beat it? On the normal side. Right. And they're like, yeah, that's good. Let's all go to bed now. <laughs> exactly. It's been seven hours. We're going to bed, Cliff. <laughs> it was, it, it had been seven hours, but we had been doing long-term. We had been planning this event that will take place over the course of a week in one full day. Oh, impressive. Including, including brainstorming the theme that we would use and then developing all the programming for it. Oh, wow. So we were mentally exhausted, and then we played Oh, gosh. Uh, but it was a good time. A good time was had by all. That's what we have been into. Let's see what's going on in the news. Stand by for news. Magic news flash. And the big no news of the day is no news. This is Les Nesman saying, may the good news be yours. In the news. Yeah, we'll do it live. All right, Heather, I know that you like restaurants. Are you someone who will take and... Uh, uh, spin the wheel on a recipe you find online. Always, my Pinterest board is obscene. Okay. Nice. Are you gonna? Are you gonna go? Are you gonna make some portion bread? You know, looking at the fact that there is on StarWars.com, they actually have the recipe for raised portion bread. I might have to take a look. Yeah, now I don't think this is gonna do what it did in the movie. Probably not. It's not gonna, it's not gonna bloom up out of this thing, but. This, I, I, I want to know who it was that got the uh, the nod to just, oh, come up with something and we'll call it race portion. Bread. Yeah. Who, who got the nod? But um, is it just me or does the picture look like it's um, like drug paraphernalia? It might be, yeah, especially on that spoon and with the white the powder. The spoon and the white powder, yes. I'm assuming that might be the matcha powder. For God's sake, people, I'm... 
practically a hippie, and I have no idea what the matcha powder is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. is that? Do we need to Google that? Because I I, I need to Google it because either. I cook. Oh. I cook a lot. Matcha. I shop at you know Trader Joe's and hippie grocery stores, and I have no clue. Oh, well, it comes from, it's a finely ground powder of specifically grown and processed green tea. Quote, unquote, green tea? Oh, no, real Uh, green tea. Never mind. Real green tea. (laughs) Real green tea. Uh, It's special in two uh, aspects of the farming and the processing. Uh, The plants for matcha are shade grown for about three weeks. So they were thrown some shade. Got it. Yeah. (laughs) It's a shady bread. Mm -hmm. Yeah, between the powder um, and the whole milk, you're right. It does just, or the, yeah, it looks questionable. Yes, it does. <laughs> but I, I am intrigued enough to give it, to give it a shot. Uh, uh, I, I, especially, I've always wanted to try more of these mug recipe type things. Yeah, you know, you I'm just oil a mug up, throw it in the microwave, and cook with it. Um, I know Pete, some people say you can do brownies and cakes you and can. all that, but. I've, I've I heard of it. I it. prefer the old-fashioned way from scratch and just smell it baking for 30 minutes. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the microwave, you, you might carry the residual smells of everything else that's, like, been cooked in there, like the burned-up popcorn. And, and radiation. <laughs> that, too. That, too. Well, everybody knows bread's better when, when, it, when it radiates and yeah. warms up your mouth. So. And you might become a mutant. Bonus. Right. I'm more interested in this R2 garlic bacon dip off to the side. <laughs> you guys enjoy your, like, Instabread, whatever. This R2... Liquid carbonite? Hold yeah. on, let's see. For, I mean, what there's all kinds of time. delicious stuff over here. First, yeah, liquid carbonite. the garlic bacon dip. I love you, I know cookies. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. It's all fantastic. They need to do another... I have it somewhere. They have... I have the Wookiee cookbook. Or... or like bake a, wook- a cookie for a Wookiee or something like that. Uh-huh. Cook- you give a Wookiee a cookie. You're right. <laughs> and I'm thinking they need to like do a new one if they haven't already. Let's see. Oh, this looks looks like it requires a lot more artistic work than I am going to be able to. I don't care if it looks like R2, man. I, I just yeah, love garlic, like garlic bacon dip. Yeah, who doesn't love some garlic bacon dip? I can only eat it twice a year, but it sounds delicious. <laughs> I only eat bacon twice a year. I, I'm a I'm really a glutton for punishment. <laughs> why 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 such long breaks between bacon? Because it's really bad for my. I don't eat red meat because it's really bad for my stomach. Oh, okay. But I okay, let that. myself eat it the Sunday of Phoenix Comic Con after I've been working all weekend, mm-hmm. and the morning, usually close to the winter or the a Saturday morning close to. The winter solstice when we have our big Yule party, which I throw and usually I'm baking for hours and hours and hours on end. So it's a reward. It's a reward food. I, I think that's a worthy reward. Yeah. I, I think, reward I myself for getting up in the morning. <laughs> so does my you child and husband. Have some bacon. <laughs> Look, we made it for the weekend. Let's have for the week. Let's have bacon. <laughs> you slept without rolling over and smothering your significant other. Add some bacon. Or you did roll over and smother your significant <laughs> other. Whatever. Just eat bacon. Bacon. America. <laughs> stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Let's try it again together at an increased tempo. I was unaware that 
this show is even in the works. Uh, but DC is expanding its television universe. Of course, we have all the stuff that the CW is doing, our various pretty boy DC pretty people. products. Uh, pretty people with Arrow and Flash and uh, Legends of Tomorrow. But apparently NBC is working on a comedy that takes place in the DC universe called Powerless. And uh, it's getting some uh, some geek-heavy hitters yeah, from Community yeah. and Firefly to be part of the cast. Nice. Uh, DC. And <laughs> comic book stuff on NBC, I mean, they're not as bad as Fox. But they really, with the exception of Heroes, tend to not give comic booky stuff much a chance. Well, the thing that I think is interesting is that the whole concept here is no one that's in the show has a superpower. They just deal with the fallout of people who have superpowers. They're an insurance company dealing with the problem of being insurance adjusters in a world where superheroes trash cities fighting bad people. So, So, yeah, it could be either really funny or really not. Well, the thing is, there was I'm wondering if they're trying to get ahead ABC was working on a pilot for damage control. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if this is them trying, you know, anything you can do, we'll try to do better. We'll um, push it and, out first. <laughs> and and that they're trying to push it out first. Right. Um, I, I, I do think, I mean, I will say this much. A comedy in the superhero universe is something we're missing. Yeah. Yeah. There are laughs, yes. But a straight up comedy, we haven't had yet. And, you know, Marvel, you know, has been expanding what the genre of a superhero, you know, movie is. Very much so. Yes, you've had your standalones, but, you know, Jessica Jones, this is your thriller. Mm-hmm. You know, this is your your mental crime thriller. You know, where we need a comedy. Now, granted, that means we'll probably also get a romantic Oh, gosh, no, please. Uh, well, I mean, there are some superhero relationships that are supposed to be, you know, that are that are some of the epic ones in the comics that, you know, I'm not saying go the notebook. I'm not going that far, but, uh, okay. Uh, uh, never seen the notebook and the idea of something like the many love lives of Scott friggin summers. Stab me. (laughs) Stab me. (laughs) I feel like the dark Uh, Phoenix was kind of a love story. Let's tell that one. Yes. (laughs) Haven't we told it right this time? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's the beauty of Days of Future Past is is yeah. none of that has happened now. <laughs> so we can fig- that was the best retcon. Like, yes, it, I'm convinced that Oops. that movie exists only to retcon all <laughs> shitty X Men stuff. Yes, <laughs> someone definitely... looked back and they're like, "We did what? Mm-mm. Days of Future Past? That shit. Let's go." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that desperately needs to happen because I want to see Dark Phoenix done well on the screen. Yeah. And what I what we got was disgusting yeah no, it, it did not it did not live it up. Did that's not what happens when you try to put too much love story in it you put yeah. the whole wolverine gene gray love story in it and you get x-men 3 yeah. well it's also it's also what happens when you try to cram an entire series into one film yeah yeah you know and, and the dark phoenix you know takes a little while to simmer before you really get to it so to try to pull it off in just two hours it's asking a lot dark phoenix that's- by the Dark Phoenix is why I read comic books. I oh, was that your gateway? It was. We were sitting around one night during D and D, and I had the X Men cartoon series had started, and mm-hmm. I had gone to the comic book store. I was like, "This is really intriguing," and I looked at the team, like all the different comics out there. I'm like, "I have no idea." There's like 15 different X titles. So yeah. Monday night at game, I'm like, "Hey guys, 
what's with all this? Who's on what? Who's what team? And they gave me the rundown, and they told me. And Jean Grey, I'm like, wait, you guys have told me about Jean Grey. Jean Grey's dead, isn't she? Mm-hmm. And they sat me down and <laughs> told me the story of Dark Phoenix and handed me a bunch of comic books. <laughs> and I was Here's hurt. your reading list. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's how I became a comic cool. book reader. Oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, the people that are will be a part of this, Danny Putty, who was part of the community cast, mm-hmm. Alan uh, Tudyk, of course, uh, Wash uh, of, of Firefly, too also soon. from... So, yes, too soon. Always too soon. And actually is also in Rogue One. I had forgot that he's a part yeah. of that. So to see how that how that plays out. And uh, I'm, I don't know. I'll... It's like a lot of things. I'd be willing to give it a look, especially if we get to if it, because I mean, I'll watch him in anything. Mm-hmm. I'll watch Alan Tudyk in anything. You know, I, I giggle every time my daughter makes us watch Frozen one more time because you know he's the uh, oh, yeah. he's the emissary from Wesselton. Right. You know, and I'm like I'm like oh, it's Alan Tudyk. <laughs> Don't stab him through the chest. <laughs> um, let him live. Um, but yeah, this will be coming. Uh, so did they give us a start date on this? I don't know if they did. A second. Uh, it's in the Hollywood Reporter, so this is basically just we're just still talking casting. Doesn't look like they've even started yeah, to put the things. Probably together. piloting it at this point. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, there's nothing on there. Nothing on it yet. So we'll just have to keep an eye out for it and see when it shows up. And hopefully, you know, if DC's on a good roll, like they have been, yeah. they'll make certain everybody knows when it's coming out. Yes. <laughs> They they have not they have made certain everybody knows that Batman v Superman is coming. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, is that a movie? Did that get made? Yeah, it, it's, it's a, a thing. Show. We're going to talk more about that very shortly. Yes. To, uh, did another amazing trailer come out for it? No, John? no, no, no. This okay, this, hey, is, man. this is kind of a this will kind of spiral off the discussion we had last week. So, in fact, you know what? I feel like uh, calling an audible. Let's go ahead and get to that discussion. Segway. Segway. All right. Um, Polygon uh, reporting that Batman versus Superman is going to get an R-rated version. version? Only on Blu-ray. Wait. But it's going to get an R-rated version. Directors, yeah. So you know, we were talking That's... about this last week, Ryan. Uh, what is the Deadpool effect Deadpool for of, Superman? Exactly. See, yeah, I mean, but like we, like we discussed last week... Uh, R-rated when it makes sense. Deadpool, right. it absolutely made sense. How yeah. much of a crap movie would that have been PG-13? Uh, that like would on be a scale of one to, you know, right. it would have been an 11. So, you know, uh, a rated R Wolverine, yeah, absolutely. You know, if they Please. did another Punisher mover, movie, rated R. Um, uh, rated R Batman. I, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. No, it's, it's, it's dumb, especially since it's just a version they're not. They're not releasing it as rated R. They're gonna go ahead and, and make two of them that nerd completionist nerds have to buy now. And, and that's yeah, just this that's is just a, this me. Is a money grab. It's a money this grab. This is a money grab. And it's look like you said. It's looking at the Deadpool effect and saying, "Hey, this this is something. This is where we actually have a chance of making some money at the movies because DC does not have a great history besides with Batman." And saying, okay, how can we look edgy or how can we be more like what Marvel's doing in the movies? Come on, guys. Get your own identity. Batman's yeah. cool and dark and all of that. Superman's a Boy Scout. And yeah. we've seen what happens when you try to make Superman dark. It doesn't really go well. I'm trying to think of it if DC has the analog to Deadpool. Sure they Someone do. Lobo? Who- 
Is Lobo? Lobo's probably yeah, about the Lobo, closest Lobo, I would yeah. think would fit. But I don't think Lobo is known at the level Deadpool no. is known. So they're not going to... There's no one right now, you know, getting ready to leak test footage for Lobo in hopes of getting a film right. made. Because uh, most people have no idea who he is. You know, a deep comic book nerds know who he is. But, uh, yeah, the main thing I remember Lobo for is he was the... Uh, he was the uh, jobber who got thrown to Wolverine in the DC versus and the uh, amalgam Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bat- battle that he was the one that Wolverine got to shred. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm wondering if there's somewhere there's some genius film exec that's going to compare the sales of which Blu-ray sells better for the direction they'll go with the rest of the, uh, Justice League movies. Yeah, it's, it, it really does feel like a money grab. And the fact that they announce it two weeks after Deadpool comes out just feels cheap. Well, but that's... Yeah. I mean, DC's done everything, like, two weeks after Marvel did it. You <laughs> know, if not longer. You know, so they're like, oh, they're making good superhero movies? We should make good superhero movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, a bunch of suits or whatever. But, uh, no, just... Uh, the internet agrees uh, Lobo as an analog for, for Deadpool um, or Deathstroke. Oh, that's um, too. So it's all pretty much come down to those two. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I, I'm just, I, I'm a little, I'm, like I said, like I said last week, I'm a little worried that they're going to read the trend the wrong way. Right. You know, instead of saying that the answer is, to make a movie that's accurate to its character, which is the lesson you should learn from this. Mm-hmm. We just need to make it R-rated, and that's what will sell. It's like, oh, oh shut up. Like, uh. I like dark stuff. I love, like, you know, Vertigo comics. That's what I love to read. However, everything doesn't need to be dark or gritty or raunchy or any of that. St- you're right. Stick to the source material. Back to, you know, the comment about Dark Phoenix. The stories are good for a reason. People were drawn to them for a reason. Yeah. Well, we're going to have two things we're going to talk about this episode. They're going to make you feel old. Too late. Oh, well, yeah, we are already feel old. We already feel old. The first is, it's been 30 years since Ferris Bueller faked his ninth sick day. <laughs> Oh and we got to ride along for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, my gosh. Uh, is the second thing that I was six when that happened? Oh, sheesh. Nine times. <laughs> Nine times. Pardon me why I go dye my hair. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm trying to ignore that comment. Come on, Cliff. Uh, but, yes, nine times mm-hmm. Ferris Bueller took the day off, and we got to watch that outing. And Chicago... Woo-hoo. Because it is a Chicago film. Very, yeah. very Chicago. You know, you, you try to think of, you know, films that are indicative of certain cities. And, yeah, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a very Chicago film. Yeah. They do all those things around Chicago. And Blues Brothers. And Blue, yes. yeah, Blues Brothers be another. Very, very Chicago. Chicago. Very Chicago. But um, Chicago is going to have a celebration from May 20th to the 22nd to celebrate 30 years wow. since the movie. Because Chicago's cool like that, dude. Yeah. Yeah. They own their yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, it's also, it, it, to be fair, it's also a movie that shows Chicago in a very good light. It does. Yeah. It's not like, if it was a movie that, like, 
if it was a I don't think that uh, they're, they're celebrating the Untouchables the same way, or you know, a mob film the same way. Don't well, you not celebrate that on Valentine's no. Day? So what? Hey, you celebrate <laughs> that on Valentine's Day, right? But, mm-hmm. There you go, absolutely. But uh, but you know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off does show you a lot of Chicago, yeah. and you get to see a lot of uh, you know what it would be like to 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 live there. Uh, granted, if you were a really spoiled rich, rich white kid, yeah. rich yeah. teenager white kid, uh, but um, yeah, I, I'm curious to see what exactly any of the former cast members what part they'll play in. Uh, That'd be neat, yeah. If they will show yeah. up, that'd be cool. Yeah, it looks like it's a what three hundred dollars for the uh, three day festival. So you do actually need to be a spoiled rich kid to see yeah, it. to go to go. Yeah. yeah, but that sounds like it'd be a fun, a fun time. I remember seeing that movie because it just dawned on me. I'm the same. My daughter is now the same age that I saw that movie. Because oh. I had just gotten out of eighth grade and she's in eighth grade right now. Mm. Wow. If you want, oh, okay. So, so you need to go recapture your youth. So you need to get your, you need to get a flight to Chicago. And go to this, Heather. It'll yeah. help. It will. Yeah. Um, the uh, the three day festival will give you tours of various places that all the things took place in the uh, film. You'll get to go to the Art Institute. You'll get to go uh, to the Sears Tower. Now the Willis Tower. Um, you're going to get to uh, go. Look, I think they're going to take you to the to the ballpark mm-hmm. and even give you a tour of the house. Oh. The house where the uh, um, and the high school. So all those things are 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 part of it. But yeah, three hundred dollars. Yeah, I'd have to take uh, a sick day to go to to go to it though. Yeah, yeah. Well, Nine <laughs> sick days. But... Well played. Well <laughs> <Thank> played. <you. laughs> How could I possibly expect it to handle high school on a day like this? I want to go watch Bueller. Thanks. I can't remember the last time I watched it. It's been a while. I couldn't tell you either. There's, you know, there's the funny thing is, as much as we talk about you know, one of my great complaints on why my daughter is not allowed to watch Disney television, mm-hmm. as far as the teen stuff, is every show. Here's the concept: your parents are dumb. Right. That's the concept. Your parents are dumb. John, John Hughes movies for guys for God's yes. sake, though. <laughs> but pretty much, yeah, yeah. If you ask me to stay off, your parents, parents are, are dumb. dumb. That's the home alone. Grown ups are dumb. Your, your parent, grown ups are dumb. Yep. Blues the, Brothers, uh, Illinois Nazis are dumb. They are. Yes, dumb. Well, they are yes. Dumb. They are dumb. They I are also dumb. want to go eat fried chicken and watch Blues Brothers as well. Thanks. There you go. I want to eat four. I fried actually, chickens. I actually, uh, I actually know an Illinois Nazi. I know the. Uh, Do you really? The uh, yes, I know the one who says I've always loved you as oh. they go flying. Off. Oh, you don't know someone who's <laughs> actually. Yeah, I don't know. No, no, no. I know Eugene Anthony, okay. the actor who played okay. one of the Illinois Nazis. Yeah. I don't actually know. No, I don't know an Illinois Nazi. <laughs> oh, dude, that's why I was confused. I was like, how Sorry. did you ever? How have you? We were talking about Blues Brothers, and I re- I was referencing someone who was in the movie, not okay. someone who actually you didn't was. say I know it's someone who played an Illinois Nazi. You Sorry. said. I know, I know an Illinois Nazi. I know the actor who played one of the and Illinois Nazis. And she took Nazis. that the same way I did. I did. I'm like, that's right. That did you're you over there that? hanging out with someone with Doc Martens and red laces and a shaved head. I'm like, did you do prison ministry or what? How? Is it part of an outreach program? I'm trying to find a way to get along with everybody. Huh? That's amazing. 
You guys get matching Iron Cross tattoos? Like, what was happening here? Well, this is something I stumbled across uh, online, um, and it's weird, but it's also kind of haunting. Um, there's uh, a man, he goes by the uh, the YouTube name Muted Vocal, and he tinkers around with changing the keys from major to minor and minor to major for songs. It's the Imperial March played in a major key. Oh, my. Hmm. It's it's kind of a happy little tune when you do it. <laughs> My goddaughter's getting married in a month, and it's a geek wedding, and I might need to suggest this. <laughs> Just to see if people notice right yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, so, so. yeah. So if you want to, uh, uh, we'll put it in the show notes so you can hear it, and I'll put a little clip of it uh, in the show in the. Uh, in the show for you to hear along uh, as it plays. But yeah, um, someone went on to also suggest that he do um, the walking dead theme in a major. Key. I saw that. And I that, saw that in the comments. That's that, that's that. That's it's a little rushed. Yeah. You know, it, it, it plays a little fast, it's kind of hard to follow, but, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's it. It's there. If you want to hear yes. it. I think once we're done, I actually will get a good, good listen to it. Well, Ryan, Ryan bringing us uh, one of the things he caught this week, uh, not the future. The bad lip reading people are doing it again. They're they're making these extended like full music videos. The one that uh, that is I keep thinking of that still gets stuck in my head is uh, Carl Papa, oh, God, Carl Papa. Uh, from The Walking Dead. That one still gets stuck in my head every time I watch The Walking Dead. But this is not the future. It's just kind of a nice little explanation on the fact that Star Wars is not the future. It looks at the future. It's not the future. It's far, far away. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that it looks like Earth, but it's not Earth. It's not. So, uh, yeah, if you're looking to have another jam stuck in your head all day, uh, this this will be it. We'll have it in the show notes as well. Have you all ever had um, been at a concert or an event or something, and someone comes out and it's like a surprise guest, or or had a surprise, been watching television and someone comes out that you're not expecting? Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure I have. Yeah, like like what? It, like is is there any example that you've you've had? I tend to drink at those events, so they don't really <laughs> register. I don't really remember. Um, well, a recent one was. Did, did any of you watch the Disneyland 60th anniversary? I need special to, that ABC had on. They were doing the step in time number, mm-hmm. you know, from Mary Poppins. And all of a sudden the door opens and outstretched Dick Van Dyke, who proceeds to dance with them. Oh, jeez. The not man fair. is 90 years old. Now, it wasn't really high energy, <laughs> but it was on beat and it was dance. It was probably more dancing At than I could 90. do. 
Yeah. Yeah, and it was just like wow, and like the and like the minute he came out, like the whole audience jumped to its feet, and these are like people in their twenties, you know, and young kids, like they realized what a big deal was. Oh my goodness, there's Dick Van Dyke coming out to do this. Um, well, here's another event that uh, caught people off guard. A uh, number of people were going to uh, see Jerry Seinfeld at the New York Beacon Theater. Uh, sold out show. And a surprise opening act came out to do a few minutes of comedy. Steve Martin. Oh, my gosh. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Apparently, Steve lost a bet with Jerry over something. Oh, wow. And the bet was he had to go open up and do 10 minutes on stage (laughs) doing stand-up, which he hasn't done for 35 years. He has little moments of monologues, sure, on like Saturday Night Live and things like that. But as far as doing straight-up stand-up, he hasn't done it in 35 years because uh, if you've ever – have either of you read the book My Life Standing Up? Yes. Yes. It, it, Ryan, have you ever read it? No, or I have not. No. Still? It's it's basically him chronicling the whole ri- his whole rise in show business and why he stopped doing stand-up, which is basically because once people got the concept of what he was doing and people were yelling it out and he was in stadiums and it wasn't intimate anymore, it stopped being fun. Right. So he just stopped. Just stopped. Uh, but – when you lose a bet, you lose a bet. And he came out and did 10 minutes. That would have been amazing so this to cr- see. this crowd was just treated to 10 minutes unexpected of Steve Martin. Wow. And the jokes were very funny. I'm yeah, sure. I'm reading I, through them right now. They're that? really funny stuff. <laughs> the, how has no one <laughs> thought of that joke about employees must wash hands? Right. How has no one thought of that joke? Well, no one that we've heard. I mean, there could be That's some, <laughs> like... Bumble f- comedy store somewhere where somebody's been doing that joke for years. And, right. But. I couldn't find one employee to wash my hands. That's great. <laughs> I like how they put pauses in there so you know what the comedic timing was that he was doing. Mm-hmm. Pause, pause, pause. Uh, yeah, this would be. Steve Martin's you know, great. Yes. And why no one. I'm waiting. I'm still waiting for like a phone video to show up of this. Somebody must have tried. Oh, sure. Somebody must have tried to get this on, on YouTube. So give it time; it'll probably probably show up. But that's great. Uh, let's see. There's a really there was a story I was listening to on uh, the Nerdist where Bobcat Goldthwait was on, and I didn't realize he was such good friends with Robin Williams. He apparently was one of Robin Williams' best friends. Really? You know, even though Robin's star really took off, and Bobcat's kind of kind of took off, but never really got super star level mm-hmm. but they were always great friends always hanging out together and would go and support each other and bobcat was um at a comedy club and doing a show and uh, this lady took offense to a joke he made and like made a big stink as she uh, as she left about how he was awful and he was disrespectful and you know just really made a huge scene he's and, he, and finally she leaves and the rest of her table stays and they're like he, he looks down and he's is she gone for the night? Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, so she's not coming back, right? Right. I want you to tell her what's about to happen. <gasps> oh, no. And, ladies and gentlemen, I want to bring a friend of mine up to do some comedy for you, Robin Williams. And Robin Williams comes up and does an hour. Jeez. Oh, wow. Does an hour in this small comedy club. And when he gets done, Baga comes back up and he says, you tell her that's what she missed. Oh, that is amazing. <laughs> I hope your crusade was worth it. Yeah. 
I uh, had a good time since I've been here. I, I know that sounds phony because every entertainer in the world comes out no matter where they are. They go, hey, it's really great to be here. And it really sounds fake. But I am sincere when I say, hey, it's really great to be here. Well, we have the uh, the movie Rogue One on the way, hey. talking about the stealing of the Death Star plans. And a lot of people are very excited to see this other kind of section of the Star Wars universe. And you've been yaying many times. I can tell that you have some, some high excitement for this. Okay, it's, it's a Star Wars heist movie. If they can do it as well as the, yeah. what Marvel has done with the different genres, it's going to be amazing. I'm looking forward to it. Well, speaking of things that are kind of heisted mm-hmm. and a little smugglery... Um, are either of those words? I'm not yes, sure. They are okay. now. They, okay. they are now. Just checking. The 1977, you know, original release, which we have thought is lost all but to VHS tapes and laser discs. Um, a group called Negative One, Team Negative One, has come across a 35 millimeter print. They have restored it. And they have released it online. This is about as smuggler as it gets. Yeah. Now, we need to have a very serious conversation about this. Because George there is a part it. of me there's a part of me that knows this is copyright wrong and is complete theft and stealing of an intellectual property. Mm-hmm. And there's another part of me who's pissed that George Lucas would not give this to us. Yeah, you know what? And I'm that's, that's glad that these people did. That's, and I, you know what? I'm going to argue that this is okay. But before I do that, are they uh, are they charging anything for people to be able no. to see no. this? No. Okay. No. So then, now nah, I'm I'm going to say that I'm I'm strictly legally speaking, yeah, it's not fine. They they violated you know some laws and shit. But at the same time, like as as you know as a champion of the people or just getting what I want. Um, Which is the original versions. Right. This is, this is cool. I mean, they, yeah, you know, people have been wanting this for a long time. It's been available. It wouldn't have been that too hard to put out. They would have made ridiculous amounts of cash doing it. Yeah. Uh, And these guys are like the cool, uh, oh shoot. I can't think of the hacker group now. What's the hacker group? Anonymous. Anonymous. Yes. Anonymous. They're like the cool anonymous of like film nerds. Uh, and, uh, you know, good, good for them and, and lucky for, I mean, they'll all be taken out by Disney assassins. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, like Disney's version of seal team six is going to like drop in with Donald duck masks on. And these guys are gone. Like we'll never hear from them again, but at least we had this. So yeah, man, kudos to you team negative one fight, fight the man and his neck (laughs) and his neck beard. Uh, well, the the special edition is really the Star Wars I always wanted to tell, because I'm fairly unimaginative at this point in my life, and um, oh, you have money. I feel like I feel like fans are losers. So, yeah. mm. <laughs> you know, no, I mean, we got Han shooting first, man. Which is what we want desperately. Which is what happened, right? It sets up this whole moral journey. Oh man, the, the I feel myself that, getting the, kind of kind yeah. of hot. Right? Yeah. I, I, the thing that is, I mean, they put a lot of time and passion into this to restore it. Yeah. And there are clips you can find uh, easily online that are just like little sections that show you the comparison mm-hmm. of the first negative cut they got and to what they got it to. 
Uh, you got to dig a little deeper into back sections of the internet to find it. Um, I have to say, I do not feel right putting a link to that in the show notes. Understandable, <laughs> but just Google it. Go search. But if you do your searching and you really want to go find this, you will be able to find it. Um, but yeah, someone compares this to the uh, to uh, getting back to vinyl, right? You know, as opposed to to CD. Um, yeah, yeah just there's a part of me story. that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, I like my Bible. Um, I like 35mm Star Wars before it was cool. <laughs> Back in the theater when we saw it as kids. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to if, if you want to find it with film grain effect, a restored HD version, uh, Team Negative One has done what they feel to be the good work uh, for the Star Wars community. Um, we leave it to you to decide. <laughs> I like what we find out here. Lucasfilm, all right, quote, Lucasfilm later claimed that the original negatives of Star Wars were permanently altered for the special edition releases, making restoration next to impossible. That's called retconning. That's called Liar, liar, pants on fire. Yeah. Dirty bastards. Mm Mm-hmm. It just, did you read all the way to the bottom? Did you read the last end where it talks about, um, what was it? The number of Bothans that died to bring us this... Remastered. Yeah, that was my, I, I do want to know how many Bothans died. Many. This, uh, many, 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 many Bothans. I always thought it was tiny Bothans, like mini Bothans. <laughs> no, mini Bothans. Bothans. I was like, <laughs> why? They are, they are short. They are pretty small, yeah. They're short little furry things. Actually, there's nothing canon that backs that up anymore. Oh, well, that's true. I think the confirmation we had from that was Star Wars Galaxies, and that, that died a painful death. Oh no! Also, Battlefronts. Battlefronts. Battlefronts had, a, had uh, mini Bothans. They had Bothans. Yeah, they, 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 were, Bothans. they were the they were the stealthy characters. Okay. They're magically. De- oh yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They're magically delicious. <laughs> many Bothans died to bring us this information. Well, one of the great uh, things about the arcades, especially in the late eighties, heading into the nineties was people started to find some of the things that were hidden inside some of their games. Mortal Kombat, of course, the fatalities, uh, was not automatic. I remember when I first played Mortal Kombat and they would say, finish him. Most people would just go for the heavy punch and uppercut and knock somebody away. And then one day someone found that through a right combination of moves, you would do awful things to your opponent. It turns out that wasn't the only thing hidden in the Mortal Kombat code. Really? Some things were so hidden, they have just now been found decades after the release. I'm going to have to share this with a friend of mine who's a huge Street Fighter Mortal Kombat guy. Yeah, does he actually have, like, emulators with the cabinets? Or does he have a Mortal Kombat uh, game that he has access to in his community? I don't know. I'll have to check with him. <clears throat> because apparently these codes still work. Oh, gosh. If you have access to an old first through fourth generation Mortal Kombat action game, it works on Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 2, Mortal Kombat 3, and Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. Um, these codes, and we'll have links to the show notes to tell you all about it, will call up menus that you could do stuff like, there's boring stuff like uh, launch the arcade cabinets diagnostic test. 
manually change the now I like this manually change the initials on the leaderboard. Oh gosh, that's oh, that's so dirty. some guy who who earned that's the it, only way my name would ever be up there. Change that change that leaderboard. That's not just true. You can always it. unplug the machine, right? Didn't that reset the yeah. leaderboard? Yeah. Mm. Could unplug some it of them. Some a lot of the later machines had a chip that kept it, but the early ones didn't. Um. You can uh, show each character's ending story. And uh, the Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 menu include options to unlock hidden characters and a demo of all the game's fatalities. Neat. And also a secret Galaga game inside of it. Neat. So there, there's a video that shows someone uh, going through all of these so you can see them all. It's just crazy to think that these have been in there all this time. And just now, just now, someone's discovered that. That is insane. Like, what else is still hiding out there? Oh, sorry. (laughs) What a crappy X-Files episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Finish him. Well, Ferris Bueller's Day Off isn't the only thing to be turning 30. The Beastie Boys License to Ill. Is thirty years. Wow! Old. I remember when that. I do remember that came out. I do too. I had it on cassette and wore that cassette out. Uh, I, of course, everybody knew "Fight for Your Right to Party," mm-hmm. but it was pretty. But I also Brass Monkey. Um. Oh, what are some of the other ones off that album? See, my friends were way into metal and hard rock in those days, so this was not quite in my playlist. <laughs> uh, Paul Revere. Mm-hmm. Paul Revere. Uh, trying to think of how many other ones I can think of. Um, no Sleep Till Brooklyn. So those are the, the ones. But, but yeah, I mean, even though you were into hard rock, I mean, that was the thing. You they heard it. Had, you, heard, you had exposure they to They had it. a rock right. edge. They, they were a punk, rap, kind of hip-hop, all of metal it. Metal hybrid. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, I definitely, it, you know, it, it was what people intended it to be a gateway for a lot of white kids mm-hmm. to, to learn about hip hop, right. you know, and in West Virginia, that was my gateway. <laughs> I know a number of people that really was their gateway and it's something that does, you know, open your eyes to a new form of music, which is cool. And 30 years ago oh, for, for an album to be able to do that is even cooler. Yeah. I didn't just stop there with the Beastie Boys, though. I went on to plenty of other hip hop that I got into at that point. But, uh, yeah, oh, I, it was such a good album and, and all of their albums. They, they, they went so many different directions and evolved it and, and evolved their videos and all of those things. I, I can still remember what a, what a hoot, hoot. Did I you said him, yes. old man river. Right, uh, you know the uh, the fight for your right to party video actually was, and MTV wore it out back then. It was on head. Yes, it was, and they were too. I mean, they were like on everything MTV and you know their their tours, and I think they opened for Run DMC for about six months or six weeks, and then they were on their own tour because they blew up mm-hmm. so much. But. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Rick Rubin was who teamed up with Russell Simmons to make Def Jam Records, which got them launched, and now, of course, Def Jam still. Yep, still Ooh. think Russell Simmons is still around. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. Russell Simmons is still around, still doing his thing, but uh, thank you so much, Beastie Boys, especially 
Much love to you, DMCA, wherever you are. DMC. No, not DMCA. Uh, MCA. MCA. Go. Sorry. MCA. Got I got my initials all mixed up in all my uh, my in my hip hop. Well, That's you, okay. You were super emotional, so I mean, it's understandable. But... I was. Yeah, there's not a song. <laughs> I'm just looking through this. There's not a song on this album that is not awesome. It's yeah, a, it was a great album. And a very critically acclaimed album, too. <laughs> mailbag to find the ways you are interacting with us got an email from matthew crawford um we were talking about floppy drives a few episodes back in fact in episode 121 and i want to know if we'd seen this uh this person does incredible stuff with floppy drives making music in case we're wondering what people are doing with their floppy drives now i've seen some of these before this is the imperial march which we talked about earlier in the episode done on eight floppy drives so give it a listen here Oh my gosh. I would love to know so, like, how you figure out like how that. to do a melody on these. <laughs> like, like, what is the functioning that's making it go in a higher or a lower pitch? And how they space it, like, like, oh, I, I, yeah, this is kind of a mind blown type of thing. I've seen these before, but I just have no idea to know how to, they make it. Work. That is crazy. Well, and then not just that, the Super Mario World, Pachelbel's Canon, man, wow, Pirates of the Caribbean, I guess on forty you're... floppy drives, a forty. <laughs> oh my gosh! Not just eight. We got to go full score. We need forty. Gangnam style. Could you? How do you find forty working floppy drives anymore? I don't know. There's a school computer lab somewhere that looks like crap. That that maybe it was a teacher that was. They knew they were gutting it and just you know said, "Hey, give me those drives." (laughs) I got an idea. I know something I can do with it. It'll be glorious. Oh, and with that, it's time to go back to present day. We hope we haven't probably destroyed your childhood. If you'd like to suggest something for us to look back on, you can email us at IRememberedItBetter at gmail.com. You can follow the show at IRI Better. Follow me at Revan Geek, Brian R. All Good 98, Jules at Jules RPG. Heather, Heather, where can we, Heather, where can we find you? At Cyberwaif, uh, C-Y-B-E-R-W-A-I-F, like Frank. If you've missed any of that, you can find all the info on this program by going to www.iribetter.com. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash iribetter. Want to join the chat room for a live show? We broadcast every Thursday evening at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv slash iribetter. Our voiceovers are provided by Amy Breedlove. You can follow her on Twitter at voicework, that's voice, W-E-R-K, and through her website, www.amiebreedlove.com. We're part of the Signals Media Ulster Network podcast family, found at signalsmedia.com. 
Facebook.com. Please rate us on iTunes and more importantly, tell your friends all about us. Uh, special thanks to Heather for joining us tonight. Have you got anything you'd like to plug? Uh, well, I am one of the hosts of the AIE podcast. We podcast every other Sunday. And Dames Who Dine, which were on uh, iTunes, we're kind of re-putting re that up again. Basically, we go to restaurants in the Phoenix area, eat too much, drink too much, and then come home and talk about it. Okay. That sounds yeah, like a sure. fabulous way to it's, spend an evening. <laughs> it's, it really is an excuse to say I'm putting on a pretty dress and going to eat some good food. Make it a business expense then. Mm -hmm. Exactly. If, if, we, if we got paid for podcasting. That'd be amazing. We should. Or if Cliff and I put on pretty dresses. So. You know what? Look. I've been a variety of sizes. I have a bunch of dresses in my closet. Come on down to Phoenix. <laughs> put some, I'll put some lipstick on you guys. We'll have a good time. <laughs> you will need to bring your own shoes, though, because I wear five and a halves. They're not yeah, fitting I, your big I make an ugly Oh, that's so. good. <laughs> okay. Because I refuse to shave the goatee. On that note. <clears throat> on Get, that oh, yeah. Note. Join us soon for episode 127. We'll see you in the future. In the past. Let's see. Where are we on time? I don't know what happened to my audacity, but there's a chunk there where it stopped. Uh, so I uh, saved. It was about 40 minutes in. Uh, uh -huh. which, how far in are we? How long is this going? Uh, 120 or like 115, I think. Okay. So uh, I saved what I had, and then I restarted a second file. So there's probably going to be okay. a chunk you have to fall back on Pamela. Okay, I'll, I'll make it work. Let me well, that's find... That's why we pay you the big dollars, Cliff. Yes. That's right. Our name's on this thing. My bastard audacity saved my second file over my first file. So you have the nine minutes <laughs> at the end. Or Pamara. Um, so there's that. Uh, oh wait, am I recording? <laughs> Is it funny yet? Just just tell me when it's funny, and I'll look back up. How about now? Is it funny now. This podcast is a part of the Signals Media All-Star Network. For more information on this and other fine shows, go to SignalsMedia.com. It's okay to stick our stuff in your ears. Really?